Hello and welcome to the Explorinate Podcast. I am your host, Rob, today, and we are starting a new content creator series where we're going to talk to content creators, interview them, get to know them a little bit better, and ask them about their games, their favorite games, and throw some questions at them. And today, I have a guy you might know, his name on the internet is Sabouts, but you can call Matt, right? I can call you Matt. Absolutely, yeah. Look at that. Look at How that. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing well. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm real good, actually. That's awesome. So a little backstory, me and Matt, I don't even know how we got together. Like, how, how did we start talking? Did you hit me up or did I hit you up? Oh, boy. I think we just kind of like kept stalking each other on Twitter, but the Explorminate uh, Twitter page and my uh, YouTube Twitter page. <laughs> yeah, I think I was actually kind of watching you from the beginning, right? So you, well, a, a little bit more backstory is that you were coming out of the Marine Corps, right? Yes, and yep. you'd started your YouTube page or your YouTube channel. And I remember saying, hey, this guy's got a pretty good voice and I dig it. And I liked your style. And I remember we kind of just went back and forth and I started, you know, we, we, we exchanged words a couple times here and there. And we also had the Marine Corps thing in common. So that was cool. But yep. why did you start the channel, man? Like what was, what was your thought process behind it? Boy, so <laughs> interestingly enough, like I've always kind of wanted to do a YouTube channel, but this particular whole channel starting up was not 100% intentional. And that sounds kind of silly, but basically um, a lot of people go into YouTube with the intention of, oh, I'm going to, you know, I want to record videos and get paid to do it because that sounds like fun playing video games and getting paid and such. And uh, when I started it, I had gotten really deep into a game called Cataclysm Dark Days Ahead, which is like a zombie survival game, kind of like a roguelike. And I was trying to find videos on YouTube to learn how to play it. And at the time, there was only maybe one or two YouTubers who were playing it. Uh, one of them was actually Avak. And that was about it. So I had to teach myself how to play it. And then after that, I was like, boy, you know, it'd be kind of cool to record myself just playing it. And then maybe someday somebody finds it and it helps them learn how to play it. And uh, that's kind of how I started. I did Cataclysm and then... After that, I was like, well, that was kind of fun. You know, maybe I'll play something else. And it just kind of snowballed. I, I started really enjoying it. You've had quite the eclectic mix of games on your channel, but you've you've always kind of stayed with, you've come back to strategy games a lot. So, I mean, what, what type of games are you into in general? I mean, you know, for me, strategy is a pretty all-encompassing term. Um, I know that can go really, really deep down the rabbit hole, but I consider... I, you know, I cover a wide range of genres, but I generally stick to like roguelikes, tycoons, um, real-time strategy games, 4X games, uh, stuff like that, you know, grand strategy. Um, but I consider that to all kind of be under the sphere of strategy. So, you know, the way you play a tycoon game requires a certain level of strategy versus the way you might play, you know, something like RimWorld or, uh, you know, Europa Universalis or something like that. So... I mean, I, I float around between those games a lot. Um, I always kind of stay true to what the channel is. Occasionally, I might drift out and play something just completely off the wall, like an RPG or something. But for the most part, I tend to stay right in that kind of little niche there and just cover those uh, those types. Yeah, it was funny when you were talking about how you kind of stumbled into YouTube. I was thinking that maybe you were like looking for you porn, and you actually you you accidentally, <laughs> you accidentally typed YouTube, and you're like, oh, well, this is what is cool too. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I mean, like, so I mean, I've always appreciated the way you you interact with your audience. Like, you've just been, you know, well, first of all, you got a nice voice, buddy. Um, <laughs> that, that, that makes it easy, but yeah, it's uh, 
you do have a nice mix, but it's always been a mix of games that I enjoy watching. So, you know, and, and you say that strategy is a deep, you know, a very broad genre. And I, I think you're actually really onto something with that because even roguelike games in a way are strategy games because. Yeah. There's I mean, strategy. you've got like Dwarf Fortress and, and stuff like that, which, you know, there's a lot of debate all over the internet about what constitutes what genre and everything. I've even seen it on, you know, the Forex um, Discord and subreddit where occasionally we might get into, I say, I think I saw something today about like Rise of Nations technically being a Forex game. So God, it's so, it's so tiring. <laughs> I'm like, yes, <laughs> or whatever. Like it's, you know, I think we've talked about this. Wait, also another thing that I wanted to mention was that you and I were doing the Forex gaming podcast, right? So you yes, and I were yep. kind of like co-hosting that, which was fun. That was a lot of fun. I had a blast with that. We did, uh, I think we did 13 episodes. Yeah. And we covered, a. we actually covered the idea of like, what is a Forex game? And I remember saying something to the effect of, it was something, some congressman said that, you know, porn when you see it, but it's hard yeah. to describe. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, you know, a Forex game when you see it, right? Like, yeah, it's not always. A, yeah. A really good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I, I try not to get into that, that, cause I'm just like, oh, you know what? If, if you want to call it a Forex game, it's a Forex game. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do you, you know? So. Yeah, well, that's cool. But what what is it about that genre that that gets you going? Is it is it the pacing or is it just like the way you you your mind works? What? Yeah, I think it's just the thinking kind of games. You know, I, people sometimes ask me to play games like you know uh, Skyrim or The Witcher or something like that, and they all seem like really great games. But I just can't get into them. Um, I did try to play Skyrim at one point. Um, I think I played it for about fifteen minutes. <laughs> I just. <laughs> Something about that sort of like that type of game just doesn't do it for me. I kind of like the, you know, the strategy games, the top down games or when you're, you're trying to build or trying to manage. Um, I like a lot of micromanagement. Um, I like kind of when I hit that point where I feel overwhelmed in a game and I got to kind of sit back, take a deep breath and just really think how I'm going to, you know, fix something or approach something. I feel like uh, strategy games are really special in that reason because you can get situations that, um, you really have to troubleshoot and fight your way out of. And it's especially unique because every strategy game you play, um, you could play it multiple times, but it's different every time you play it. You know, so every time you boot up, like Europe Universalis 4 is a really good example for me because that was like my gateway drug into strategy games um, or modern day strategy games. And uh, every time I would play a game with that, it was like you'd get something different. Sometimes Byzantium would rise up and somehow beat the Ottomans and you're like, how the hell does that happen? And sometimes it wouldn't, <laughs> you know, it's just that uniqueness of every time you play, it's going to be different. You know, there's a lot of replay value and stuff like that. Yeah, I'd agree. I think replayability for me is a huge thing, right? So if I'm playing the same, like if, uh, let's go back to like a total war game where I think the replayability is a little less because you have the same map and, you know, the, 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 the factions don't always like, you know, branch out the way they do in like, you know, Europe or Universalis 4. So yeah. they're not always, you know, like the, the, the elves aren't going to like rise up one game and not, you know, they're usually pretty, you know, you, the, the games sort of play out in the same way. Whereas like, yeah, Europe or Universalis 4, like sometimes France gets taken over in like, you know, two years and is an English, you know, <laughs> territory for the entire game. You're like, what? <laughs> like, how did this happen? Yeah. Yeah, so I, exactly. I love that about this game, all those games. So then what what kind of games are you enjoying now? I know I just looked at your channel. It's again, it's a huge eclectic mix. I, I've noticed a lot of Dwarf Fortress videos. Yeah, so I've been playing Dwarf Fortress finally. It's like 
been requested forever um, for my community because it's a game that I got into years ago before the channel, and I, I must have put thousands of hours into it. Uh, I really enjoyed the the game a lot, but I always said I was going to revisit it, and I just never got around to doing it. So finally, I forced myself to get into it so I could do a series for the channel. Um, I've been playing a lot of Kenshi. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that one. Um, it's sort of, it's... it's I. No, I'm not. You know, I just it's, it's, let me know what it is. I was I was gonna start I mean, to say something, and I'm like, no, I'm gonna sound so stupid. <laughs> it's I mean, it's a really good game. It's got it's kind of like an RPG in a lot of ways. But are you familiar with like say Mountain Blade? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's a lot like that in a lot of ways. I mean, you're basically starting off as one character, and uh, you're very feeble. You could literally die at any point, uh, and you're trying not to die because the game is super brutal. It's unforgiving. And uh, you're just trying to um, usually the beginning of my games are always me just like looting people's dead bodies because I'm not strong enough to <laughs> actually take anybody head on and then uh, building your way up, which I really enjoy games like that. Almost uh, every game I cover on my channel, I either raise the difficulty level to try and make it a lot harder to play it or I will create a scenario that makes it very challenging because there's just something really um, unique about starting from the very bottom and clawing your way to the top, especially when you're watching a series like that because the whole time you're starting in the beginning and you're you know watching it, you're like, there's no way he's gonna pull this off or you know this is gonna be insanely difficult. And then to watch that slow build up where it starts kind of like, wow, he's actually getting some gear and now he's got some people with him and then it just kind of progresses. And Kenshi's really good for that, actually. Hey, I love games like that. And I think that's what draws me to 4X games, too, because I just like the like start, starting from, you know, humble beginnings and making my way up to yeah. becoming a tyrannical empire. Well, yeah, yeah. I've, noticed, I've noticed that about your channel, too. You like very, very different. Like your, the other day, I, I saw your Gladius series, your latest Gladius series, and you were like, you know, ultra difficult, dead, kill everybody difficulty and i was just like wow okay <laughs> yeah okay cool that's cool matt uh i guess you like that stuff so I, <laughs> yeah i suck at yeah. stuff like that so i'm 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 impressed when someone can just like think that cerebrally and be like oh yeah i'm gonna do this and then i'm going to make this research decision because it'll work 15 turns ahead of I'm like i don't i don't think one turn ahead let alone 15 turns ahead. <laughs> so, i mean uh, a lot of the times i'm usually getting thrown around but but I definitely like playing on those harder difficulties. And even if I lose, I, I don't get too frustrated by it because I just, you know, I, especially with strategy games, it can be sometimes easy when you're, you know, you're playing on the easier difficulty levels where you hit that kind of point. Civilization is actually a great example. You hit that point where all of a sudden you just start steamrolling everybody and uh, the fun kind of gets sapped out of it pretty quickly when you're just kind of, you know, waiting for the turns to go by to get victory. So I always kind of crank it up with the difficulty level because it, it kind of keeps me on my toes the whole time. You know, it's like, am I going to win? Am I not going to win? There's always going to be that point in the game where you know you've got it in the bag. But I feel like that point comes a lot later when you're fighting, you know, a harder uh, a harder AI. The fighting uh, human players would actually probably be a lot more enjoyable, though. <laughs> it's something yeah, I'm actually trying to do. Yeah, and I was, I've realized you've done that some too lately too, right? With uh, well, no, you you've done some co-op with Drisnik, right? Well, I did do that, and then I've I have done um, like community games. For example, I did a big Stellaris game. Um, I did two big Stellaris games, and one was I played in it, and uh, we had about eighteen people show up, and everybody just versed each other, and that was a lot of fun. I streamed the whole thing, and then Stellaris community game I did, I actually 
casted it. So we had about 16 people show up to that. And then I casted the whole thing. Uh, but I also did a couple of unique things where I set the, uh, I did some stuff that the players weren't expecting, like uh, set the AI to a really hard difficulty. And <laughs> I uh, threw a couple AI empires around in there. And then I ended up triggering the end game event, uh, the crisis a lot earlier than people were <laughs> expecting. Nice. Uh, you're like a little DM. You mean little yeah. DM. <laughs> yeah. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> how, many, how many subscribers are you up to now? So I just passed 20,000 actually this week. Which Congratulations. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty huge actually. I'm very excited for that because I kind of came into the new year. Um, I set a goal for myself in the beginning of the year that I, would, I wanted to see 15,000. But when I set that goal and I sat down to the math, I was like, it's impossible. At the rate I was growing, it was going to be impossible. I was going to be lucky if I hit maybe 12. Um, but I just had a lot of luck. I had a couple series that uh, really did good this year, Kenshi and uh, another game called uh, Geopolitical Simulator 4, uh, which did really well and have been pretty big on the channel. And then it's just kind of spiraled from there. But I've, you know, I've had to put a lot, a lot of time and stuff into it too. It's, I mean, you know, you've done, you've done videos and stuff. It's, Time consuming. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I don't do nearly as many as I used to. So, th tell me about that. Like, I, you're working. You have a, a, a business, you know, that you're working full time with. So, how do you work in making videos and you know editing and all that stuff? Yeah. So, for those who don't know, I have a day job. I own a um, construction company. Essentially, I do bathroom and kitchen remodeling. So, I'm generally doing. That's what I'm doing during the work days. Um, in the evening, I usually come home. I I literally eat real quick, and then I I get, uh, glue myself to my computer chair, and I'm recording pretty much all all night. Um, I'll usually get I try to shoot for three videos recorded a day because that gives me two videos. Um, I upload two videos a day, so that gives me two videos and then one extra video because I know there's going to be a day or two that I'm not going to have the time. And then I usually uh, edit them and I set them to be rendered. They render overnight, and then I start uploading them the next day. Uh, after work and it's just kind of this cycle that's gone on oh, i've been doing it for five years now <laughs> so uh it i mean it eats all, all my time a lot of people don't know what you know how much really goes into it um it's a it's a pretty big time sink i mean it it's taken up most of my time but i really really enjoy doing it uh it's it's uh definitely a a passion for sure um, it's easy to get burnt out. I've seen a lot of YouTubers come and go over the last few years, uh, just because of the time commitment or, you know, not growing at the rate that they had hoped they would grow. So, but you know, if you got a love for it and everything, it's, it's definitely a, a unique experience. You can't really get anyplace else. Yeah. Do you think that contributes to your success? Like the fact that you've been consistent and throwing videos out pretty regularly, do you think that's part of the, the recipe? I definitely think that's a lot. Yeah, I think that's a pretty significant portion of it. I mean, the consistency is super important, um, especially even just for YouTube's algorithms. They, um, from what I understand, the algorithm definitely uh, favors consistency. If I was to fall off the grid for eight months and not upload any videos, it'd be a lot harder to come back and and reboot the channel and get uh, favorable uh, ranking on my videos uh, just because the way the algorithm works. So uh, I see a lot of people who will take breaks and then come back months later and they just keep struggling and struggling. So, I mean, being consistent for the last five years certainly has helped. Um, if I, I feel like, um, you know, there's, there's a lot more that goes into it too, obviously. Uh, I try to be very active with the community. Um, I try to do things a little bit differently with that. I know it gets tough. The more subscribers you get, the harder it is to interact and stuff. But I, I make a very uh, hard 
effort to constantly be engaged in my discord and engaged in the comment section of my videos. Cause I think that that's really, really important uh, for, you know, kind of connecting with your community and showing them that you're a person that loves strategy games just as much as they do. Right. Yeah. So do you think also as you're like, your numbers have increased that it's create like a snowball effect to a degree? Cause like from what I've seen from you, like, yeah, you, I, you were, were you at 10,000 at the beginning of this year? Uh, I was at 8,000. Eight, that's right. Yep. Yeah. And I, I mean, yeah, from 8,000 to 20,000 in a year, that's, that's crazy. Do you think that, you know, the more people that start to subscribe, the more the word gets out and, or do you think it's a combination of like just having the right video at the right time and like your geopolitical simulator games or videos, I'm sorry, they were they just timed correctly? Is that why they were so popular? Well, that game is kind of unique in a way. I think that the snowball effect definitely is a thing, um, especially like my Kenshi videos definitely did. The more people that watched my Kenshi videos, the higher it started ranking. The more people that watched it turned into like a cycle. Um, my very first Kenshi video I did that really took off. It's got over like 100,000 views now. Um, that one just kind of snowballed all the way to the front page. Geopolitical was Simulator was interesting because that's a game that not a lot of YouTubers cover. Um, it's a very difficult game to play. Uh, and I kind of cornered that market a bit. And yeah. then uh, there was a YouTuber who ended up covering it. And he's got think 1.7 million or something and he only did like four or five videos on it and then he moved on to the next thing but uh, that made all my videos shoot up i mean it brought a ton of people to the channel because there's people who watched his videos and are like wow this is a really cool game i want to see more of it so they ended up finding me because i just happened to be the only one at the time that was covering it for the most part there was a couple other youtubers that have covered it but i've, I've stayed pretty consistent with it i try to do the same thing with those videos as i do with all my other videos where i create you know, unique challenges. Like right now the goal is I'm playing as Germany and I'm trying to basically uh, create World War III in the game. <laughs> Just stuff like that. Yeah, that sounds about right, man. You little warmonger. <laughs> so uh, how does it work for you? Does uh, Do you reach out to developers or are developers reaching out to you at this point? It's a combination at, at this point. You know, actually at this point, it's more developers reaching out to me. That's awesome. Um, yeah, when I first started, I, I was reaching out. Sometimes I hear, sometimes I wouldn't. Obviously, as a smaller channel, it, I was more likely to hear from smaller developers um, than I would any bigger ones. But at this point, um, it's it's definitely more them reaching out to me, but it's not so much because I don't want to reach out to developers. It's just because I have such a large backlog now. I can't even keep up to it, so I'm kind of like just hiding in the shadows as I still try to push through my backlog. And, and uh, occasionally, if a game comes across my radar that looks really good, then uh, definitely you know reach out to a developer and try to see if I can cover it. Um, but now I've kind of built some connections too, which is cool. Like I, I know some of the um, some of the uh, PR, the people who do the PR for Paradox and um, stuff like that. So it's kind of cool starting to build those connections and being able to um, talk to those people and you know, um, I can be confident that, you know, I'll get an opportunity to check out some of those games and they're always confident that I'm going to, you know, deliver content, which is important. Hey, Matt, before we continue, let me take a moment to hear from our sponsors, which is something I thought I'd never say. All right, Matt, I'm sorry for that brief interruption. Is there any game in particular this year or maybe in the last few months that has stood out that you're just like, wow, I got to I got to do something with that. I got to I got to cover that. Boy, any games? <sighs> I mean, there's definitely been a lot. Age of Wonders was a lot of fun, I thought. Um, there were certain things about the game that I would have liked to see improved. 
Um, but overall, I was actually very surprised with how it played and everything, especially compared to Age of Wonders 3. Um, I thought it was really well put together. There's a game I'm really excited about that's coming, which is Distant Worlds Universe 2. <laughs> hey, yeah. I've heard of that game. <laughs> yeah. And we finally have just gotten, like, after years and years of them keeping us in the dark, we finally got our first sneak peek. Like, it's like a screenshot. It's a terrible screenshot, but it is a screenshot. Of, well, we got um, more now. You got to see, you got to check Explominate. We have about eight or nine screenshots now. Do you now? Oh, I got to see. I got to see that then. Come, yeah, come yeah. on down to the website, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. so excited for Distant Worlds Universe 2. I'm trying to like plug whatever connections I can to like just be able to see that game because Distant Worlds Universe is by far my favorite game of all time. <laughs> It is fantastic. It's funny though, because I was I was making the analogy the other day. It's like, you know, we're we're basically like starving dudes that have like barely had any anything to eat in like a jail cell for like years now, and they like just threw a couple breadcrumbs at us. <laughs> Dude, we're, just, we're, we're just like vacuums, like sucking the breadcrumbs <laughs> off the floor, like feeding for more. <laughs> I know it's sad. I I am very excited about that, and I am curious because you said it. But what what were things that that kind of bothered you about Planetfall? Yeah, so I re I did really enjoy Planetfall. Um, I felt like the map was very for me. The map was almost um, hard to. It was, there's almost too much on the world map. Does that make sense? Oh, I, it's like I honestly got it's probably the most common complaint I've seen. Yeah the the world map is just it's almost like it's too crowded. There's like just tons of mobs everywhere, like lots of things to capture and just. The biome changes like every tile almost. It's just too <laughs> inconsistent. I think I would have liked to have seen it be a little bit more, um, a little bit more consistency so that you can kind of see what's happening. It's just very cluttered. It was hard for me to keep track of like where my armies were standing and where, you know, um, next thing you know, you got an enemy army on you, didn't even notice it or something. I mean, it was just, it was extremely, uh, the map was just very hard to read. But the, I mean, the game itself was, the combat system completely, um, you know, it was just awesome. I thought, I, I really enjoyed that. I, it, I can see how it could get a little bit repetitive at times, but it's definitely unique compared to a lot of other, you know, 4X combat systems that I've seen done. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I think that's a, a very frequent complaint that I didn't get at first. I was like, <laughs> take your stupid complaint and shove it. But no, <laughs> it, it's funny because now that I have, I, I'm, I'm honing in on like 200 hours of the game now. Be, nice. But the, the more I play it, the more I realize how legitimate that complaint is because you're right. Like there've been times where, you know, I'm, I'm doing my thing and I don't see an army just like creep up on me because there's so much on my map <laughs> that I'm just like, yeah. Oh, right. Cool. Now there goes my city. All right. <laughs> yeah. Done. Which, you know, it, it's kind of like a, I don't know. It's kind of like a double edged sword. Cause it's kind of cool that they can sneak up on you. But I guess the reason why they can do that is the sort of sour portion of it. You know, it's just, the map has just got way too much stuff on it. I, I just, you know, and you kind of feel like you can't, I wish it was a little bit more like civilization in a way where you could kind of build, uh, you know, roads and maybe some different, uh, some different stuff on tiles to kind of, I think you're supposed to be able to do certain things now. Yeah. That's another thing too. Like, I feel like they've done a lot to make city development deeper, but now I feel like in the time that they started working on age of wonders, Planetfall, from the time that they worked and finished on age of wonders three, that like this new city building 
like, you know, like movement has occurred and we're all like, I want to build out instead of just having this like cute little one tile city. I want yeah. it to look cool, but yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think that it'll be Explominate's game of the year. I think I probably just gave that away too early, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> but that's because there, I, t- I mean, truthfully, there wasn't much in the way of Forex competition this year, but. Yeah. yeah, there really wasn't. You're 100% correct on that. The Forex, uh, you know, after picking up steam the last couple of years, it really slowed down this year. Yeah, and I think that's okay because I feel like we were doing too much. There were so many people trying to get into the Forex game and everybody wanted, you know, it's it was like roguelites, you know, like everybody wanted to be a roguelike and now everybody wanted to be a Forex game for a while. And I'm glad it slowed yeah. down because I feel like people can start to look and see what works and maybe where they can go with the genre and hopefully change it up and do something cool. And the players can breathe a bit and try to yeah. enjoy some of the games that they bought. <laughs> oh my God. My backlog is super, super real. It's so bad. I know. <laughs> I, I, I still haven't even sat down and fully committed to Endless Legend. Oh man, and I see? <laughs> so that being said, what are your favorite games? Like if you had, I mean, I'm not trying to make you put you on the spot and like make you. Yeah top three your top three games of all time so name name a few that you've just you know really stand out you said distant world universe but what others yeah um distant world universe obviously like i said um i really really enjoy kenshi cataclysm dark days ahead which is a uh like i said earlier survival uh roguelike door fortress has always been super popular for me um i really enjoy that game actually we've been playing a lot of RimWorld this year um yeah it's a great game yeah, it was like my first year playing it, really. I never, I kind of played it for maybe five hours a year or so ago. And then this year, I really got into it. And I actually did a lot of streaming with it. It ended up being pretty funny to stream it. So uh, that's become a pretty big favorite for me. I actually really enjoy Stellaris. When it first came out, I somewhat despised it. <laughs> um, but it's grown. I mean, the game's become phenomenal um, as they continue to improve it. So I've played. Uh, a pretty good deal of Stellaris as well. Um, but yeah, those are definitely some of the games. What are your thoughts on the Federation's expansion? Uh, I haven't actually followed a lot of it, believe it or not. Um, yeah. I haven't really, yeah, I haven't really followed a whole lot of it. I've kind of fallen a little bit out of Stellaris. I haven't played it since I think the summer now. Um, I do want to cover it again, especially when they have the whole, uh, kind of like rock pack come out or something. You can play as all those, uh, yeah, the different races. Point. Yeah, so I think that'd be really fun. But yeah, I haven't really uh, followed up with a lot of it. I've been so busy, especially with Age of Wonders, Planetfall coming, and then all the other stuff I've got uh, coming down the pipeline. Um, yeah, for sure. Are there any games that stand out to you that are coming out in the next few months or next year that you're just like, oh, yeah? Uh, you know, there really hasn't been a whole lot that has caught my attention. Um, obviously, Distant Worlds Universe 2, like we were talking um, I'm hoping that we'll, you know, know uh, when that comes out. Astra Exodus, I think, is another one. Yeah. That's kind of on my radar, and I think I saw Exploraminate talk a little bit about that. Well, we might have had ex- exclusive video <laughs> oh. <laughs> for our 4,000 subscribers. <laughs> See, that's, yeah, I'm going to have to check that out because that that's one, too, that's on my radar. Um, I'm going to keep call, uh, following Gladius, Relics of War. Yeah. Um, I like that game. I think that it's a good game. There's some things it's lacking, but I always said that a 4X game in the 40K universe would be amazing. So I try to support that game because I want it to be everything. 
I feel like the 40K universe is so rich with lore and just character and factions that it's a shame that there hasn't been more kind of like strategy or Forex games based towards that. Yeah, you know, I just I really want Creative Assembly to make a Total War 40K game and have oh like my God. almost like a Forex game where you have like planets and you're yes. like moving fleets and doing real-time fleet fights. Oh, I, I always said it'd be so cool if they did it too, kind of like Europa Universalis, where you could start during different time periods of the galaxy. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you could start at like, you know, the rise of the emperor or after, you know, um, Abaddon and stuff. And just like, um, you could start at like different factions and every or different time periods and play different factions and stuff. And the galaxy would look different during these different time periods. I think it'd be like really cool to play that through. And then you could try to alter history and things like that. It would be cool. You know, and speaking of 40K, I just, I, you might be, I don't know if do you do, do you play action role-playing games at all? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Well then my, my suggestion would not really work out for you, but well, I just, I want to hear it though. Well, no, there was, it was something that came up in my queue and I hadn't heard of it. And it was like, it, it started off as a mixed reviewed game. And then recently they had a 2.0 release and now yeah. it's like a very positive. So I was like, who is this? Well, it's a Warhammer 40K Inquisitor Martyr, and it's an action it's an action role-playing game. And I guess with the 2.0 update, like people are saying it's like a legitimately good 40k action RPG. Huh. And, I'll, yeah. I'll have to check it out. I mean, I love everything 40k. I've always been big into the tabletop game and stuff and uh to the universe in whole. So I'm definitely always looking for 40k games to check out. Yeah, so Inquisitor Martyr is what it's called. So I, I mean, I from the video I saw and some of the videos that were kind of going over the 2.0 changes, I was like, Poof, it's going on my wish list. <laughs> and eventually yeah. my backlog. <laughs> um, yeah, that's where all my games usually end up. I have like just a <laughs> wish list that's just stupid because like it's, it's. I know a lot of people have worse, but I think mine's got like two hundred something. Actually, I just looked 271 games on it, which uh, <laughs> I was about to say, I thought mine was bad. Mine's only like 112, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, it's, I'm never going to play half these games. Uh, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to try. <laughs> yeah. The worst part about, well, the, the cool thing, right? So we have Explominate and then like the cool thing about having Explominate in the Steam group is that our curator page has actually gotten pretty popular, right? So yeah. the weird thing and the frustrating part is that we get curator connect offers, which we get way too often. <laughs> yeah. So, I have no one to share these games with, and I just keep getting all these decent-looking strategy games, and I'm like, ah. Like, I, I, I'm telling you, uh, right now we have, like, 12 pending offers, and I don't have anybody to give them to, and I don't, I don't have the time, so I don't feel like yeah. taking them. So I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. It's, I've got just a crazy backlog. I've, I've done everything I can to try and, like, speed it up or um, – organize it maybe like encourage myself to try to push through it but it's like it'll it'll feel like real good it'll be like oh i get like you know three or four games covered in a row i'm like yeah, i'm kind of you know i'm kind of working towards it and then i get like eight emails in one day and it just ruins everything <laughs> oh i know those feels yeah it's funny it's weird because we both do this as a side project clearly my orientation is more towards the site but yours i mean your your youtube channel is becoming rather large and so it's just, it's fun to finally talk to somebody who, who understands the the weird yeah. first problem first world struggles we have. <laughs> I know that's the thing, right? Because a lot of people are like, "Oh, that sounds great." You know, you get all these games, you just play them. It's like, yeah, it's a little bit different. I always tell people like, if you like playing games, you might not like 
recording them and doing them for YouTube, even though it's fun to play the games and I have fun playing them. There's also that level of like, you know, I, I play games to record them, you know? So it's like, I, I feel like sometimes I feel like I can't play a game unless I'm recording it oh, or, man. or I, I'm like playing it for a reason. I'm either playing it because I want to record it at some point and I'm trying to practice it some, or I'm playing it to record it or, um, yeah, I very rarely just play a game to play it now. I, I don't think I have time to just play a game because <laughs> I'm so busy playing it for the channel or working. You know, that was actually gonna be my next question, Matt. Like, what 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 is it that you think is the most difficult part of running a YouTube channel that's doing pretty well? Oh yeah, I mean the the time commitment. Pe- people way underestimate it. You know, it sounds simple. You're like, oh, well, you record like, you know, two or three 20 minute, 25 minute videos a day. And then, you know, you render them and everything. It doesn't seem like it takes a lot of time, but you know, that's for me, that's 14 videos a week. And it's, oh my God. Yeah. I, you know, I'm trying to, uh, you know, I'm trying to do a day job so I can, you know, uh, put food on the table and then, um, coming home and there's still stuff to do around the house or stuff to do on the weekends, you know, clean, whatever, cook, stuff like that. And then also sitting down recording, doing all of that. I mean, it's just a, it's a massive time commitment. I watched a lot of YouTubers fall out of it over the years because it just it burns your rate out if you don't if you don't stick to it. It's, it's especially disheartening if you put, you know, a lot of time. And then at the end of the year, you're like, oh, I got, you know, 300 subscribers. I think when I ended my first year, I had like 300 and something subscribers. That's tough. You know, but it's all, it's, you know, it's a big mental part of it. And, uh, you know, if you could push over the hump, then it, it does get better. But yeah, it's definitely um, the, the time part of it's the hardest part. And then, like I said, it, it sometimes it turns and it makes video game playing a chore, you know? Yeah, I, I get that too. I, I feel like anytime I'm playing a game, I'm either looking at it as, a, as a review or a preview piece or maybe even, yeah, like a let's play but I just feel like I'm constantly, I'm no longer playing games to have fun with them anymore. Yeah. Okay. So the interesting thing too, right? So like I still have fun playing the game, the series I make, I'm always having fun doing them. But the interesting thing is if I do play a game because I'm practicing or because um, I'm trying to uh, check out a game real quick and see if it's even something that would fit the channel, I find myself like almost commentating or narrating the game. Uh, in, in your head or almost, like <laughs> yeah like in my head sometimes out loud <laughs> nice. um I, I used to actually joke and tell people all the time because uh when i before i even had the youtube channel when i would play games i would uh kind of talk to myself out loud as i was playing so i always tell people like the di- the only difference is between having a youtube channel and not having is i just put a microphone in front of my face nice. aside from that i pretty much am always like sitting there thinking out loud. I do it at work all day during work when I'm like remodeling somebody's kitchen. I constantly have customers like, well, they'll come out of the room and they'll be like, did you say something? I'm like, oh yeah, sorry. I'm talking to myself. (laughs) I'm usually sitting there like, okay, so if I do this and I I put these cabinets up first, then I can get these ones down here set. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's almost like a problem. (laughs) Work, work, work all day long. (laughs) Oh man, I can just see Matt like just pulling apart like you know, bathroom cabinets and uh, talking to himself. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. So then my next question, it's great. You're kind of segueing naturally into my, my questions and that makes Perfect. me feel like I'm, I'm interviewing you really well. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> what, what would you say? Like, what would be your, your advice for somebody who's up and coming, you know, like at, they're at that 300 subscriber mark and they're just like, what the actual hell do I do now? 
I mean, the biggest thing I would think is is definitely find what you enjoy doing, whether it's playing a certain type of game or making a certain type of video and just focus on being that cornering that particular market. You know, um, a lot of people come into it and they try to play well, as, as bad as it sounds, actually, they try to play the games they enjoy playing, which is fine. And you should enjoy what you're doing. But if you if you really want to try to grow your community and everything, you've got to try to find the games that you enjoy playing or find other games and kind of corner that. You know, um, indie games are always a great example because usually there's not a lot of people watching videos for certain indie games, but there's also not a lot of people covering them. Right. So if you can find a particular type of game, you know, I know YouTubers who have grown their entire channels um, from one particular game and then they kind of branch off into other stuff, but they corner the market. You know, I try to specialize my channel in um, doing kind of more story based playthroughs where I'm setting up these scenarios that are really difficult. I'm like Kenshi. I pretty much mod the whole game uh, and make my own scenarios. And then I try to fight my way out of them. And that is unique. And it's something different, and a lot of people enjoy watching that. So if you can find a game where you're – even a game you're really good at, and you just crank the difficulty up really hard, and then you try to incorporate mods or incorporate something that makes it more challenging. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a way to make it fun for you, make it fun for your viewers, but also to kind of corner something that maybe somebody else isn't doing. Because if you just boot up Skyrim and you record yourself playing it, I mean, you could do that, but you're going to be competing with another thousand YouTubers with significantly larger followings who are going to rank a lot higher and your video is just not going to show up. Yeah, that's great advice. I think something I could add to it was that, um, you know, like get a decent mic. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's, de that's definitely the most crucial yet the most missed step. Oh, you really have is. to have a good mic. I, I get a lot of people who... Um, who will tell me too, they're like, hey, you know, I want to start a YouTube channel and stuff. What's actually, I will, I do get people message me a lot of times and ask me for advice. And uh, a lot of times I do actually open up with that one. It always seems like the most obvious, but yet the most missed is I'm like, well, do you have a good microphone? And uh, I do know that, you know, a good microphone setups cost money. Uh, and a lot of people don't have the money for a good microphone setup, but it, it's really important, even if you got to save up for it and stuff. Um, if, if you can't sound as good, is that YouTuber that has 100,000 subscribers, if you're both covering the same game and you don't sound as good as him or your videos are not edited or they're not you know, put together as good as his, then there's just no reason for people to watch you. I mean, it sounds sad, but it, it really is the case. You know, you're using like a, you know, your webcam microphone or something and it sounds like you're talking through a water bottle. It, <laughs> it, it's, you know, nobody's good. People are going to click off your video. They're just not going to watch you. Yeah, I'm a big audiophile, so if I hear, like, yeah, if it starts to sound tinny or if they're, like, you know, they're very muffled or if they just, you know, I the other, the other issue I have is with some monotone ones, like, if they just don't oh, have yeah. any emotion in their voice. Yeah. <laughs> like, cool, I could, I could talk to my teacher and, and, you know, they would sound more interesting to me right now. So, <laughs> yeah, I got lucky, too, and something that I'll share with my original channel, which was Devil Dog FF, and I think that's how we met because you were like, hey, man, you're Devil Dog FF. Does that mean you're a Marine? And Devil yeah. Dog, for, yeah, for those that don't know, it's a it's a term of endearment and a, a nickname we were given as Marines uh, way back at the Battle of Bella Wood. And, um, yeah, weird. I, <laughs> I, I don't know how I remember that um, because I've been brainwashed. It's fine. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I was doing a Devil Dog FF, and and I I had picked up Star Drive, the original one, 
And I had gotten into it when it was still for sale privately before he ended up getting the publisher. So when it came time to do videos, I was the only person doing videos. And I mean, my subscriber mark went from like 30 to like a thousand in a matter of a couple months. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> yes, I've quartered the yeah. market. And, yeah. You know, I don't know. I look, I listen to them now and they're awful. You know, I, I wasn't sure what I was doing and my, my microphone wasn't the greatest, but yeah, I, I do think that's a great point is like, if you, you can find your niche and you can find that one game that no one's doing and it's a game you enjoy, man, it's, it goes from zero to 60 in, in you know, in, in a very short time. So. Yeah. It's a way to, to grow your channel a little bit, but it's also good for your self-esteem too. You know, you, you want to see progress. So if you can cover a game and you can play it and, an indie game or something that's, that's not getting a lot of eyes and you can still kind of capture the few people who are searching it and they've subscribed to your channel. It just feels good on top of that. So it, it's just good all around to do something like that, to kind of approach it like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Matt, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. This was really good to kind of get to know you a bit better and understand your channel and what goes on behind the scenes a bit better. So, you know, I, I, I know that you're probably like, I need to make videos now because I, <laughs> I can't get behind. Frothing at the mouth. <laughs> I can't be on the microphone job. without, yeah. This microphone only exists through YouTube. <laughs> no, thank you very much for having me, Rob. It's been a pleasure. Seriously. I love it. Yeah, no. And I'd love to check in with you. Like, So what I wanted to do with this series is, like I said in the beginning, to kind of touch base with you guys some of the ones that are making really you know there are you clearly 20,000 subscribers is awesome so congratulations well thank you very much but yeah to to kind of connect with you guys and see what it is maybe find a common commonality you know and then also get to know you a bit you know outside of you talking on the on the youtubes yeah absolutely so yeah it would be great to maybe check in with you when you're at like 50,000 because that'll happen I have a feeling I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stick with it, man. I, I enjoy watching your videos, and I know that others do too. And when I had, I mean, I'm telling you, when I when I brought up this series, your name came up pretty quickly. So that's cool to see that your name is well known in the forex community and and the greater strategic strategic the greater strategy community. So you know, just keep up what you're doing, and hopefully, we'll check back in with you when you're, you know, like the next PewDiePie. Yeah, it's always great connecting with you, Rob. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again, Matt. And this was Rob from Explominate, and we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.